This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome back in. 832 here on a Wednesday. Big news last night in the NBA. Obviously, LeBron becoming the all-time leading scorer. The trade deadline is tomorrow, and we thought, hey, let's bring on a good friend of the show, Kevin Pelton. We haven't talked to him in a while. ESPN NBA writer, at K Pelton on Twitter. Go give him a follow. Uh, Kevin, thanks for hopping back on the show, man. We always enjoy chatting with you. I want to get to the deadline in a moment, but I mean, let's get to, the obviously, the big story of the night was what happened in Los Angeles last night, what LeBron was able to do. Just You've been around the league a long time, covered the NBA a long time. What was your reaction and what emotions were going through your mind watching history be made in the association? Yeah, it was a special night. I mean, the start of my career pretty much lined up exactly with the start of LeBron's. I mean, I covered his his first visit to, to Seattle as an intern working for the uh, Sonics organization, and now, you know, uh, you know, some twenty years later mm-hmm. to see where I am in my career, and, and obviously what LeBron has done. I mean, the the remarkable thing about it that stands out the most when I kind of reflect on LeBron's career is just, you know, there was so much hype dating back to his days in high school and ESPN televising games and all, all of that, the cover of Sports Illustrated. And for LeBron to not just meet that hype, but even exceed it is, is really a remarkable testament to, to what he's done. Is there anything you hate more than goat conversations? <laughs> well, I mean, I've been involved in, in writing my share of articles on it, so I think I think the other people might hate me for for wandering into it. Well, I just I, I ask you that, Kevin, because like I, I I loved Michael Jordan, I love LeBron James, I love Tim Duncan, and right now I love Giannis. And I think sometimes we talk about how great an athlete is. It's instant, like oh, you're encroaching on my favorite player's territory. And I wonder if how many fans just don't allow themselves to enjoy generationally great athletes because they're so entrenched on defending the one athlete they love the most. I, I think that's a good way to think about it. And yeah, to, to me, it should never be about putting down any of these players. To, it's also, there's different dimensions of the conversation. I think that's something that I like to write about that gets lost is, you know, GOAT can mean who reached the highest peak, who was the best player I've ever seen. And yeah, I mean, like a lot of people who grew up in the 90s, like the level of invincibility that Michael Jordan enjoyed during that decade, 
I, I don't know that LeBron has ever gotten there as a player, but, you know, the other dimension of it, LeBron sort of alluded to this post game. I saw, you know, it was like, if I was a GM or starting a team, I, I would pick myself number one. And, you know, that makes sense from the standpoint of, you know, you take a player's entire career for LeBron to be doing what he is now and still, you know, an all NBA type player at age 38 and have the years on the front end that, that Jordan didn't have because obviously he had to go play college, the missing years in the middle. Uh, I, I think it's become extremely difficult to deny the idea that LeBron has had the kind of the best career start to finish in NBA history. Yeah, we're talking with Kevin Pelton, ESPN NBA writer at K Pelton on Twitter. Go give him a follow. Let's get to the deadline. I mean, it's looming tomorrow. We are eagerly awaiting any kind of news here in Portland that hopefully uh, will make fans happy. I'm just, where, where do you think this deadline is heading? We obviously had the big Kyrie Irving deal that happened over the weekend. Do, do you sense fireworks? Do you sense big deals? It feels like there's a, a lot of buyers and not a lot of sellers right now. Just what are you hearing about the trade deadline and how does Portland fit into it? So I feel like famous last words of someone who writes about all these trades and does the trade grades on ESPN is, oh, it's going to be a quiet deadline. And then, <laughs> you know, you look up at noon Pacific time and you're like, well, there's 12 trades that just happened and three of them are, you know, blockbusters that we didn't expect. I mean, I, I'd be surprised if we saw, you know, more all-stars change. Well, I guess Fred Van Fleet falls into that category. So, you know, guys who guys who made this year's all-star team at least change teams, something of that kind of blockbuster magnitude. But I, I do think we'll probably, you know, see some several deals involving starters happen with Toronto potentially at the center of, you know, the majority of those. And then, then a lot of, you know, kind of smaller, the second tier moves that relate to the cap or, or the typical players on expiring contracts. And, and that's where, you know, I think probably Portland is most likely at this point to slot in if something happens with Josh Hart. You know, we talked to your colleague, Bobby Marks, and he had said something about the young guys, how they're balancing this, you know, young wave of talent with Ant, with Shaden versus Dame's timeline and how it's not matching up. And it's probably part of the reason Portland is where they are. What does Kevin Pelton think? What should the Blazers do? Like, if you were to play general manager with it, how do you view what Portland is right now versus, like, what they want to be and how they get to that spot? Yeah, I mean, it's tough because it's, you know, sort of the same challenges that not necessarily that timeline element, but the rest of them have plagued them for a period of time. I mean, the perimeter group is, is still smaller, I, I think, than you'd like when you're talking about starting you, someone who's six foot five at small forward, even though Josh Hart you know, plays bigger than his size and is such a force on the glass. And then, but you, you can't sort of sacrifice shooting in the pursuit of that because of the fact that you need to keep the floor space for, for Damian Lillard and the way that this team operates offensively. So, you know, I, I, I mean, I think, I think you have to sort of kick the tires on everything. If it, even if it involves, you know, including an Anthony Simons to make a bigger deal with a, you know, Toronto for OG and Yenobi or something like that. But the other the other challenge is that you're encumbered in sort of the draft picks that you can trade because of the Larry Nance Jr. deal. So that's that's why I think, you know, kind of the bigger move is is pretty unlikely at this point and we're likely looking at something smaller. I'm curious, Kevin, what your thoughts are on OG Ananubi as a player. I, you know, I don't get a chance to watch Toronto as often. We're you know, I'm kind of a local basketball viewer. So He's not a league pass I'm guy. I'm not a league Kevin. pass guy. Yeah. So when Portland plays Toronto, it's like, hey, this guy looks pretty good. And you look at box scores, but I you know, I'm not sitting here watching thirty seven Toronto Raptors games a year. 
Um, he, he seems to argue if I get a bigger spot, I'm, I'm capable of doing more. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not reaching my potential here. I'm just, what are your thoughts on him as a player and what his ceiling is? Yeah, I think there's a little bit of similarity to Jeremy Grant in terms of, you know, kind of him not wanting to take a smaller role when he left Detroit. So, you know, OG and, you know, he has never had kind of that Detroit opportunity that Grant had to spread his wings and, and do more offensively. I don't think OG is quite at, at Grant's level as a scorer, you know, the, the 20 point per game guy, even if he's in another situation, but, uh, you know, certainly in Toronto, not a lot of opportunity to create with the ball in his hands because they've got so many forward types already that can do that with Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam. So there might be a little untapped potential there. And then defensively, I think, you know, he would, he would immediately be the, the best perimeter defender that the Blazers have had in, in this era. Who do you think we could get for Nurk? I think that's a tough one right now because of the contract. I mean, it's just, you know, you, three years left beyond this. Uh, the, the market isn't necessarily for looking for a lot of starting centers right now. It, it's more, I think, at that backup level that teams are, are you know, really jockeying for a limited number of players. So, you know, I think the, the answer is probably you're going to have to take somebody else's contract that they would like to, to move on from. Uh, Kevin, I got to ask you, because I heard you on with, with, with Lowe, and you guys did the Chicago-Portland trade thing, and I don't want to get, because there were a million trade ideas thrown out during the pod, yeah. so I don't want to confuse it. <laughs> was yours the one where it was Ant and Nurk for Caruso and Vucevic, or was that, I, you had one that I liked, and I'm trying to, was that the one that you had? I, I think maybe you're conflating two of My my idea was to do Simons and Hart for DeRozan and Caruso. That's what it was. The fact that they sort of match up pretty evenly salary wise. You'd have both of those guys under contract for next year. And you would do that right now if Chicago said, "Hey, we're open to it. We we like and Josh is a good player. We think maybe we'll sign him, keep him around here. Caruso, obviously a good perimeter defender. You would you, you would do that deal right now if you could." I, I think I probably would in terms of maximizing Dan Slade Prime because obviously DeRozan, you're getting much older in that situation, but he's still playing at an all-star level right now. Uh, would give you a second lead shot creator, and then Caruso would, uh, you know, bring a defensive upgrade. He would also fall into that criteria of, you know, I don't know if he'd be the best perimeter defender you've had because he, he's kind of similar to Gary Payton the second in that regard, but would give you kind of two dynamos in it at that end. Well, where's your fear level, Kevin, that, you know, it felt like Portland <clears throat> for a number of years was waiting for this cloud to be lifted. And that was, we, we largely knew, despite there were great moments and great memories of Dame and CJ playing together, just like we knew there was a limit on what they could accomplish because they're undersized guards that don't play elite level defense. And that's just, it's going to be hard to win at the highest level in the NBA that way. We finally get that trade and you're like, all right, let's move on. Let's see what is next for Portland. It feels like they're doing the same thing to a certain extent. And we've, we've gone back and forth on this with fans all season long of, is it just Dame and CJ 2.0? Um, do, do you feel the same way about Anthony Simons? It's just a, a similar, do you feel like he's a different player? Is, is Portland doing the same thing that they just got out of? Yeah, I mean, I think if the ceiling of it is, again, the conference finals run that we saw in 2019, like, hey, that's a that's a pretty great situation. So they're still a long ways away from bumping their heads on that particular ceiling. Uh, I, I mean, I think Shaden Sharp is a guy who kind of defines the ceiling, though, for this year, this group of players. It's how quickly can he get to the level that they hope that and think that he can get to? And is it Will Dame Willard is still in, in this late prime? Hmm. 
Uh, Kevin, I, I wanted to say thank you. I read your latest trade column. I love the trade column, the grading of the trades. You're one of my favorite writers in basketball. And the fact that I can rely on somebody like you in my life to not betray how I feel <laughs> made me feel extraordinary to see a D grade on the Dallas Mavericks taking Kyrie Irving. So thank you for doing that. Not everybody will do that at ESPN. Some people ask out loud, is this a title contender? And I say, my God, how many more years do we need to see of that dude before we conclude what he is not in this league? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I get the, the best-case scenario where Kyrie Irving is the, undoubtedly the, the most talented teammate that Luka Doncic has played with in the NBA. But, yeah, I mean, the, you know, there's a, there's a difference between kind of if you had Kyrie's skill set in the vacuum and then just the results that we've seen and, and the not being on the court that we've seen over a period of time. And, and you know, taking the most inopportune time to uh, make a trade request from, from the Nets. Uh, last one for you, Kevin. Your money, if you have to gamble on it, uh, Blazers trade Josh Hart, and that's it tomorrow. Is there more, or you think that's all that's going to happen? I think that's the most likely outcome yeah, if I'm if I'm gambling, and you know, I think that's that's the other kind of big challenge for the Blazers this year that's loomed over them is, are they going to be good enough to convince ownership to pay a big luxury tax bill to re-sign both Jeremy Grant and Josh Hart next summer? And I just don't think you can look at it at this point in the season, hanging around five hundred you know, just out of the play-in race right now and have that be a reasonable expectation. So if you don't think you're going to be able to retain Josh Hart this summer, you know, it's important to be able to get value for him now. Uh, you know, Kevin, you're, you're a big Seattle guy. Um, many people concluding or, you know, feeling like if Portland's going to change ownership, it's going to be sometime after the expansion of the league because she'll want kind of the kick down from the money of the expansion what is that timeline to you? Like, how many years are we sitting here wondering when Seattle's going to get a basketball team again? So I think it's, it's getting closer. Certainly the way that Adam Silver is talking about it has changed a little bit over the, the past year or so here. I think the two big markers are, number one, got to get this collective bargaining agreement complete, which, you know, hopefully they will be able to do with this next extension that's coming up that takes us past the trade deadline, but, uh, you know, continues to indicate they're making progress in the deals. And, and Woj reported that uh, the, the hard salary cap is off the table now. So that's a good sign, or at least if they're not pushing as hard for it, not that it's off the table. And then the national TV deals that come up and probably you'll have conversations about renewing those in this fall. Once that's complete, I think then you understand how much money you're you're giving up or splitting if you add two more teams to the league. And and that's when that process starts to get public. So when there's actually an announcement or a, a finalized deal, I think not until at least 2024, somewhere in there. But uh you know, sooner sooner rather than later at mm. this point. There you go. Great stuff. NBA writer for ESPN, friend of the show, Kevin Pelton, Matt K. Pelton on Twitter. Go give him a follow. We always appreciate the time. I know you're probably busy this week with what's going on last night, the trade deadline tomorrow, so we always enjoy it. Uh, thanks as always, and hopefully we can catch up again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a fun time of year. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.